Hi, everyone. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you are listening to A Date with Dateline from the surface of the sun again. It's like living in hell. It's 102 here this weekend. It's warm. So we're trying to record early because it's going to get hotter in the next couple days. So we're not going with our normal Friday episode. That's true. We are going with an episode with a very similar title. There's about eight titles of episodes that are twisted in something. Twisted something or somewhere. Someone was twisted. Yeah. Faith was twisted. We did that one. Twist of fate. Yeah. Twist in Texas. No, this is twisted in Texas. We did a Texas twist. So this would be our third twisted episode. I think. Is there a twister episode or is that just a movie starring Helen I Hunt? wish. Okay. Season 26, episode 29, Twisted in Texas. Don't get it twisted, Katie. April 29th, 2018. Hosted by our lovely Queen Andrea, who even if she was in my apartment right now, I don't think she would sweat because she doesn't sweat. Maybe like the tiniest trickle. She might glow. Sparkle. Yeah. So this takes place in 2017, turned from a love story to a crime story. Megan Varicus. Okay. Varicus or Varicus? Varicus. She was a hotel worker. She like worked at a fancy hotel. She was a divorcee. And she met Leon Jacob, an arrogant doctor with money and privilege, who she thought was a jerk right away. But apparently he wears on you. Is he cute? Do we think he's cute? Yeah, unfortunately. I think you would probably think he was cute if you saw him in real life. Yeah, maybe. His dress is kind of preppy. I like that. It's that fake kind of cute, though. He stands up really straight. Mm -hmm. Like he thinks he's cute. Yeah, he walks like he thinks he's cute. It fools you. He's a trick, a twisteder. Yeah, he's a twist. He's twisting. He's a twist and shouter. He has long hair. Mm-hmm. Don't care for it. Oh, really? Why? I think his looks greasy. And I think that's his look. I mean, he dresses extremely preppy, like the preppy part of the J. Crew catalog. He's like, oh, those shorts have lobsters on it. I'll take five in every color. Yeah. Oh, pink polo with a yeah, pair of like, I like that cobalt blue shorts. So the long hair, that sort of hippie hair, takes away from that. But it's like moosed back. Right. But that's like, it looks disheveled. So he dresses extremely preppy, but then everything else is disheveled. It's That's the look. Does that make sense? I feel like if he had short hair, you would not think his way of dressing was so cute. You'd be a little put off by it. I'm put off by him in, already. Well, so is everyone else. So you're in luck. Yeah. He's a <laughs> transplant surgeon who was also going through a divorce Megan and Leon start dating, and when he moved back to Houston, he had her move with him, and then she became a transplant. Look at that. Oh, that's what you meant by transplant surgeon. He's transplanting organs, and he's transplanting girlfriends. Yeah, that was what I, that was the joke I made. I didn't get it right away. I got you. It's hot! Because I never make those kind of jokes. You didn't, and you did it really slightly. You almost did it in a Katie kind of way where you can't tell that you're making a joke. So, (laughs) sheesh. Leon opened a bank account and put Megan's name on it. And Andrea is very skeptical. And with her eyebrows, she is telling all of us women watching, take it slow, ladies, control your own finances. How long have they been together at that point? I don't know, like a month. That's way too soon to get a joint bank account. 
But his family was great. She was thinking about the future with him. Leon didn't have a Texas medical license yet. And he was like, you don't understand. Being a doctor, I can't just take any job. I can't just like go work at a medical company because I'm a like I have training. So she was supporting him. And she at one point mentioned this in front of his family and he freaked out and tore up her closet and threw her stuff out of the balcony like a scarier version of Troop Beverly Hills. And he just got angrier and angrier every day. He would get violent with her. One night she was just like, I'm leaving. I'm done. She packed a bag and she grabbed her dog and he was fighting her as she was leaving and pulling on the car doors. And then he pulled the dog out. What happened to the dog? He didn't pull the dog out while the car was moving. No, but he took her dog. Is it their dog? It wanted to go with her. Do we know whose dog it was? She called it her dog. And she had the impetus to take it. Sorry, but you understand like the level of spiteful goes up if it's her dog that she brought into the relationship and he's pulling that dog from the car or if it was their dog together. It's way more wrong if it's her dog that she had from 10 years ago and he's pulling it out of the car. Monster. So she gets away, but she's terrified. And then he didn't stop emailing her and calling her. He would be saying, I love you. And here's a wedding ring I wanted to give to you. And then in another email, he'd be saying, but now I want nothing to do with you. Blows hot and cold. The friend sees all those texts. I like that. Yeah. Ariel. Love the friend. Mm -hmm. Then he's emailing her from an account, an email account. Leon loves Megan. It only been a month. Yeah. A few months by this point. Yeah, I think. Yeah pretty short. Leon loves Megan like at gmail.com. No, just no. Not only is that incredibly creepy and stalkerish, also a note to any couples out there that might find this cute. It's not cute. Your friends are laughing at you behind your back. I am pretty sure that he set up that Gmail that day. That was sort of the intonation is that that wasn't like something they set up together being cute. That was something he did to be extra creepy while he's texting her. No, I know. But I'm saying if anyone actually has one of those. So many people have. People are laughing at you behind your back. Some people, a few of the people on this podcast are. Like two of the hosts on this show (laughs) might be laughing at you behind your back if you have one of those kind of email addresses. Unless you're a grandma Right. It's a grandma who loves her kids or something. That's okay. But the joint couple email. And also if you're a family and you're all trying to stay in touch and then you have a one joint family email that you all kind of use, that makes sense to me too. So it's like the Johnsons. That's fine, but not Leon loves Megan. No, that's just you're a creepy stalker. Yeah. So Leon takes out most of the money out of their account and he gets rid of all her furniture She goes to the police and she tells them everything and she applies for a protective order. But before it goes into effect, he amps it up a little and he starts chasing her with his car, jumps in front of the car and says, I love you. And then he starts showing up at her work, trying to see her unannounced all the time. They kick him out of work and then he just stands across the street staring It's so creepy. They arrest Leon for violating the restraining order, but he's out the next day because the system, but then they arrest him for stalking. So that was good. 
They took it seriously, and I applauded this police department. That's not often. I feel like on Dateline, more times than not, we hear the opposite stories. Bravo. All right. Of course, he's going to get out shortly anyways, but... Well, because he has money. Yeah. So in court, when they're arresting him or arraigning him or whatever, Megan notices that there's a woman in the courtroom named Valerie McDaniel, and she knows... Megan. She know Megan knows Valerie. Valerie is a successful veterinarian who is divorcing a guy named Mac. They have a daughter together. And she and Megan had become friends. And Megan knew that family. But now it seems as if Valerie and Leon are now a couple all of a sudden. Like he got over Megan really quick. I would really like some information on how that friendship happened. Who was friends with who? Who met who? Where? Where was the initial friendship? Yeah. Well, we hear later from Valerie that when she first met Leon. Yeah, I think it started with them. And then they became couple friends. Then right away, Valerie was going through a divorce. Interesting. So Valerie even posts Leon's bail through a bail bondsman named Michael Kubosh. Now... <laughs> He's my hero. He's my MVP. He looks exactly like a bail bondsman in Houston or the KFC colonel wearing suspenders would look like. He's fabulous. He's wonderful. His like red face and the shock of whitest, whitest beard. He looks like Santa Claus. Yes, he looks like Santa. He's MVP besides Megan, of course. So then a few days later... After Leon's bail is posted, Leon goes to Kubash's office and says, I need your help finding another client of yours named Zach. And Kubash is like, I don't know any Zach. Zach Morris, the lead singer of Zach Attack? Who is Zach? And Leon says he's this ex-military, ex-CIA guy. And he says, I paid him a lot of money to do a job for me, and now I can't find him. And I was like, I hate to tell it to you, Leon, but if Zach is anything like Zach Morris you're going to get scammed worse than Mr. Belding. You're never going to see that money again. Leon is crazy upset and is like, he was supposed to take care of this for me. And she has to go back to Pittsburgh or get out of the picture. I'm a doctor and I can't have her ruining my career by telling all these people the awful, truthful things that I totally did to her that are totally true, but yet I can't have her telling people them. Why are you telling this to the bail bondsman? Exactly. Just go, where's Zach? You don't know Zach? Okay. So Kubosh right away is like very suspicious. Did Leon hire someone to kill Megan? Kubosh thinks there is a kibosh in the works. I'm crushing it. So... Turns out Kubosh is also a city councilman, thus the suspenders, and a friend of the Houston police chief. So he tells his friend, the police chief, look at this guy, Leon, look closely at him and find this guy, Zach, whoever he is. Police, meanwhile, call Megan, tell her there's a credible threat to her life. We're mm. going to meet you tomorrow morning to discuss it. How do you sleep that night? And why won't they just meet with you that night? That night you sleep in a hotel five towns over. Five towns over with a knife on every side of your bed. With like a booby trap. Yeah. Like booby traps on the windows, booby traps on the doors. You home alone the whole hotel. Absolutely. You go on with cash under a different identity. With a wig. Yeah. 
maybe dressed as a ninja. Okay. Interestingly enough, Megan wears a wig the next day to go meet with the police. So same wig. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you need to switch it up. I don't even feel like you should repeat wigs at this point. I'd be so scared. I'd have like different wigs for every five minutes. I would change wigs. And I'd have one of those outfits that you can adjust things. Like you take the windbreaker and then you flip it inside out. And then it has the sleeves that zip off. So then it's sleeveless. And then you tie it around your waist. You know, you just wrap it around your shoulders. So she wears a disguise. She wears a wig, jeans, and a t-shirt because she's trying to be as inconspicuous as possible. It's a good thing she didn't wear beta brand pants because she would have stood out in those. Absolutely. At least she would have been comfortable though. True. And you want to be comfortable when you're fighting with a hitman. Yeah, for sure. Beta brand dress pant yoga pants are perfect for all life situations, except for blending into a crowd because there's a hit on your life. Dressing up as a businesswoman, running errands, lounging at home. Yes. Hit on you. No. But your butt, it'll look so good that it will draw the attention of any hitman. You mean like someone to hit on you? Like a hitting on you, man. So it depends. Do you want to get noticed by a pickup artist to hit on you? But if there's really a hit out on you, you maybe just want as little attention as possible. But you do kind of want to get hit on by a nice bachelor. It's hard to say. It's really six of one, half a dozen the other. The choice is yours. Beta brand allows for flexibility, basically, is what we're saying. Yes. Dress pant yoga pants are comfortable as yoga pants, but they are dress pants. And they're made of wrinkle-resistant stretch knit fabric. They're so comfortable, they don't dig into your skin. You don't need to unbutton anything so you can breathe. And they have tons of styles with eight pockets, boot cut, skinny. They have cropped ones for the summer. They have all these new styles in for fall. You might be heading back to work and you want to look snazzy but feel comfy or they're great from working from home too because then you don't have the embarrassing moment of standing up during your zoom call and you're wearing your pj shorts with a hole in the butt and i'm not saying that that happened to me earlier today <laughs> right now our listeners can get 25 percent off their first order when you go to betabrand.com forward slash dateline that's 25 percent off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com forward slash dateline Find out why women are buying five different pairs of these pants, literally one for every day of the week. And then I guess on the weekends, maybe they Donald Duck it. No pants. So maybe go to betabrand.com forward slash dateline for 25% off. Woo. Check them out, guys. Thank you, Beta Brand. Thank you, Beta Brand. The police say to Megan, basically, you in danger, girl. Hit out on your life. You need to go home to Pittsburgh and be surrounded by people at all times. I would say I'm in danger and you want me to fly alone, go to an airport surrounded by strangers, and then go to my Joni and Bob's house? What are they going to do if a hitman shows up? My mom would just try to feed him casserole or something. We don't know what her parents are like. Maybe she has really tough parents. Yeah. But I don't like the flying idea. I still feel like... Maybe we should just put her in a place where he wouldn't check because I'm sure he would check the parents. Great point. You pick an enemy like on that show where people are running from on that reality show. Remember, they were on the run. The longer they survived, the more chance they had of winning the money. And they were being chased by CIA, FBI type people. They would pick an, a known enemy of theirs or they would go like five layers friends deep on the Facebook scale, you know? That would have been the best thing, I think, is to actually maybe go to the family of her friend at work would have been a better, like a cousin of her friend at work. 
something that was harder to find. I like it. So Andrea asked Megan, are you just so shocked by all of this? And Megan says, Leon's crazy. So this totally checked out. Not surprised Mm. at all. The police tell Andrea that they had rarely encountered professionals like surgeons hiring hitmen, to which Katie and I say, you must not watch a lot of Dateline. Exactly. There's a reason Pillar of the Community is on our bingo cards. A really good reason. It happens. These people do it all the time. So the police find the hitman whose name is Zach, but it's not Zach. It's Taz, but it's not really Taz. It's Motaz Aza, but he goes by Taz for short. He tells them, I'm not a hitman. But yes, Leon did contact me to kill Megan. So is he a hitman and is just telling us that he's not a hitman? Like, or he's the kind of guy that knows people. I think he just knows people. And since he has an ex-military background, Leon kind of just assumed he could use him in some way in this scheme. And the goal is to get her to not appear in court and testify against him. Isn't Leon kind of like, they're not friends. You know what? I think you might be right. And it could be racist because Taz is Middle Middle Eastern. And I think he's assuming that he has cousins or something that would kill for him. Yeah. I'm offended for you, Taz. Sorry, Taz. Yeah. Leon gave Taz $9,000 and some fancy watches which is exciting because it means that someone can go on our website, adatewithdateline.com, and go to our Hitman spreadsheet and update Mm -hmm. it with $9,000 in fancy watches. Cartier watches. Is the price in Houston. Whoever gets to the website first can do it. Taz says, I was never going to hurt Megan, which is, to be fair, what all the Hitmen that are caught say. I was just going along. I was never going to actually do it just going along with it. They do all say that, don't they? They really do. They really do. No no one's ever like, thank goodness you stopped me because I was totally about to kill that broad. On my way, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he says, I'll help the police. I'll record a phone call with Leon, whatever you need. So they speak on the phone and they call each other man and buddy. So they do sound like friends. That's a nice relationship for a man and his hitman to have. So Leon says, we're taking care of both problems, right? Both individuals. Does he ask a question? He does it as like a, and we're going to take care of both problems, right? Both individuals. Like Taz knew what he was talking about. But I feel like Taz really didn't, but maybe I'm just. Well, I know he definitely said both problems. And then he said both individuals because he used such formal language that I found it funny. Yeah, that's true. Everyone in this episode uses like very, you know, the individual that I'm referring to. Where are they? Houston. That seems so weird. I feel like we're in Connecticut. Does it feel like we're in Connecticut? Yeah, a little bit. Was there ever a Dallas Housewives? They were probably fancy like that. No, not like this. This guy seems like he could be Jessica Fletcher's nephew. Yeah, he does. No, because his her nephew was a total screw up. Right. That is exactly why I said it. Well, that's true. Then true. It could be. Could be her evil nephew. Grady. Uh He would be called Grody. I could honestly see Leon being named Grady or Brady or Brandon. Did you guys used to say Grody? We always said Grody. Grody? Yeah. Grody to the max. Never said Grody to the max. That was like something that like if you were doing a classic yeah, Valley Girl, that was like. You would do it. Yeah. What you would say or gag me with a spoon. I never actually heard anyone Grody say that. Grody to the max. Did you say it? No, I don't think so. I think I just mocked it. So Leon says we're taking care of both people. And we, the audience, are like very excited. What is happening? Who is the second person? 
Yeah, who is the second person? So Leon and Taz agree to meet at Olive Garden because when you're here, you and your hitman are family. I figured it out, though, why they're meeting at Olive Garden. I wonder if you figured, did you figure it out? Because they play ambiotic ambience music, like Italian music. They play loud music. You can hear the music so clearly in the recording that I was like, Olive Garden wouldn't be the kind of place that I feel like you could hear the table next to you unless they were shouting, could hear their conversation. I don't feel like it's that loud. Like we went there like a year ago for lunch, right? And it wasn't that loud, I don't feel like. But don't you feel like that's, if people think that a really loud restaurant is the place to do it, you won't get overheard. But there's way more danger of being overheard than sitting in a parked car in a parking lot or something. Yeah, that makes total sense. I think that that he's also thinking if for some reason he's being bugged, which he is, but he doesn't know it. But on the chance, Mm. this might have more chance of being garbled. That's true. I'm sure he thought of that. Maybe he didn't. I I can't tell how smart he is. I can't tell how smart he is either. Yeah. All right. We'll get to it. Okay. So Taz shows up with his friend, a supposed hitman, but he's actually an undercover cop going by the name Adam. And mm-hmm. Andrea interviews Adam in his car, but he's always undercover. He's never not undercover. So they're only showing his hands, close up of his hands, and occasionally his chin. That's but, crazy. Yeah. He's so deep undercover. So Leon shows up to Olive Garden, not alone, with his new girlfriend, Valerie. Wow. And at first, Leon is saying, All I want is Megan to leave town. But then as they eat their pasta, as Andrea says, which I was wondering, what do people always order pasta at lunch? It seems like such a heavy meal for a lunch. So an Olive Garden pasta? This is no light fare. No, this is heavy. They're not ordering capellini pomodoro. I mean, they have pastas, like ziti, the baked ziti with the cheese. Sometimes bottomless. Almost always bottomless, right? That's the deal at Olive Garden. Oh, it's so heavy. I would be in a food coma the rest of the day. I would not be able to get any work done. I feel like even the salads are heavy. Yeah, I do like them, though. Everything's heavy. Okay, but I guess it's heavy subject matter. (laughs) So Andrea says that as they eat their pasta, Leon says, you know what? I, I really do just want her to leave town, but make it very clear to her if she doesn't, that there will be severe consequences. Then he says, well, maybe we plant drugs in her car. Like Toby with the caprese salad, so she won't be a credible witness in court. Then he says, you know what, or just inject her with potassium chloride to stop her heart. It's untraceable. And I was like, this took a quick turn. What in the world? I think he reacts to hunger the opposite way of most normal people. So most people show up at Olive Garden and they're hangry. So they're like, kill them inject them. And then after salad and breadsticks, they're like happier. And they're like, maybe just plant drugs on them. And then after the fettuccine Alfredo, they're in the food coma. And they're like, maybe they'll just leave town on their own. It's fine. But he is the exact opposite. His brain don't work right. I don't understand it. He tells the hitman that I have access to potassium chloride and a whole pharmacy. Not because he's a doctor, but because Valerie owns a pharmacy in her vet clinic. Convenient. Mm. Then Leon says, you know, I prefer not to do it that way with the injection, but my survival is the most important thing. What does that mean? I don't know, but it's the theme of most Kelly Clarkson songs. Yeah, and Destiny's Child. 
But, <laughs> huh, what is he talking about? He's talking about her going to court, ruining his reputation. He can't be a doctor. What reputation? I feel like it's already gone, but maybe he still has a sliver somewhere. He's already been kicked out of residency at like several. We don't know that yet, though. But he knows that. But he knows that. Yeah. So this is why I'm confused. This seems like it's all for spite. It does. But he is a true narcissist, I think. And I think he believes he's smart enough to regain any scale of a career back. I really do. He, but she's the one stopping him. He's the type that would probably blame someone for each one of those residencies getting kicked out. He has like a person to blame for each one, but then he's smart enough that he can get back, you know? Like he's just that arrogant. So there is a second target. And Leon says, I don't give an F what you do to him. He is one of the worst human beings I've ever met in my entire life. And I was like, look in the mirror, buddy. Pot. Kettle. Imagine being so narcissistic that you're hiring a hitman to kill two people, but you're saying that guy, he's the literal worst. Like, what does this person do that is so much worse that does he like pineapple on his pizza? Why is, is that so- still happening? Yeah, it's still big, but mostly by bad people. Who did he who what what makes him I, so bad? Did he cut yeah. you off in traffic? Or Why is this person so much worse than you? He would have had to, like, skin some people alive to be worse than you at this point. I think he would have had to have been like Lou. Yes. Is it Lou? Is it Lou Castro? Yeah, because that's the only person that that kind of makes sense. Right. So he's saying, I've never met a person this bad, and I've met some really bad people. (laughs) Again, he is super white and privileged. How many evil people have you come across, Leon? Do tell us how tough your life has been and how many bad characters you have come across. And how they've wronged you. Exactly. Tell us how they've wronged you, too. Don't leave that out because we want to know. Yeah, but this person who he also wants killed and who is the most horrible person alive is... Drum roll. But first, let's hear from a sponsor, BetterHelp. Oh, <laughs> look at you. I know. Do you think everyone around you is worse than you because you're a doctor and you have longish hair? Or are you Kimberly and you're up at nights worrying about what happened to Megan's dog because Dateline still hasn't told us? BetterHelp may be the answer. BetterHelp offers therapy with a licensed professional therapist in the privacy of your home, so no disguise or fake wig needed. With BetterHelp, you can start communicating with someone in under 24 hours. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, but you can also send a message to your counselor at any time, like while you're waiting for that little thing to vibrate, letting you know that your table is ready at Olive Garden. Ah. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Counselors specialize in all kinds of issues like depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, just the general stress that we all feel that comes from being alive. BetterHelp is easy. It's totally confidential. It's affordable. What are you waiting for? We want you to start living a happier, healthier life today. As a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com forward slash dateline. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash dateline. Check them out, guys, because we can all use a little better. Help. Yeah. Nailed it. So uh, we've all been so patient 
I think we're ready to find out who the second person is. Tell me. It is Valerie's ex-husband, Mac, father of her child. Andrea says, that's right. This murder for hire was a double plot, a twofer. Andrea said twofer. Were you shocked? I died. I went to heaven. I came back. I was so happy. So both Leon and Valerie want their exes dead. Now, how do two people like that find each other? It's another one of those datelines where two people who have these sinister motives that somehow mash together with another person's sinister motives. I don't think that's how that worked, but I could be wrong. Do you think he took all the initiative and put it in her mind? 100%. But do you not think that? I don't know for sure. I'm honestly not sure. She seems pretty on board with it. And I don't know how much time has passed for her to have been under his spell sufficiently enough to be okay with murder. But I do think it's possible. It seemed to me like she was kind of not in touch with reality. Like she didn't really think it was going to happen? Like she's watching it like you're watching a movie. The only reason I thought that is because how she suggests they do it was very like theatrical. Yeah, I that's interesting. I totally agree because she suggests a boating accident. In Houston. And I thought, well, what a terrible way that will draw so much attention and police investigation and media coverage. It seems very complicated. It does. You have to get him to the boat. I think she thinks that they're going to like come up with a very complicated scheme like this. They're that kind of hitman. And I'm like, no hitman does that. No hitman is like, we're going to plan this for months. Except on Killing Eve, they want to do things with a little bit of flair. But in normal life, they want simple is better, draw less questions. Boating accident draws a lot of questions. I'm sorry, I don't know Houston. Are there many lakes? I don't think of Houston as a boating city. I'm sure there's waterways. But it's not like Newport Beach, where it'd be like there's a boating accident or like Maine. But even in a boating town, a boating accident, I feel like is so rare that it does cause a big investigation. It's not like a car accident, which happens literally every day. Houston is not a place that I even associate with boats. So it's way out of the left field. It's like staging a drowning in Arizona or something. Right. It's like, let's have an accident happen at Disneyland, but you live in Des Moines. Right. It, it's just too complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, and But that's why I feel like her grasp on reality is not seem tight. Yeah, I can see that for sure. So Adam says... Why don't we just take his car, leave him on the street, you know, make it look like a robbery, put two bullets in him. We call that a double tap. And I was like, good lingo, Adam. Sound like a hitman. And he says, are you sure? Which they always ask on Dateline when it's a fake hitman because there's no going back once we do this. Are you sure? And Valerie says she has no choice. He's going to take her daughter. We'll find out more about that later. Mm. Adam says, well, the second target will cost you more. 5,000 more. So I'm guessing 9,000 in the watches for the first one. And then you get a special rate for the second one. You get, it's almost 50% off. You get for 5,000 only. Well, then you want to do a twofer. Buy one, get one. It's a BOGO. It's a BOGO sale. (laughs) There was this 90 Day Fiance recently and Paul kept going, five, get five, buy five, get five, get five, get five, get five, get five, get five. He kept saying five. I feel like he was like broken. I, think- I feel I feel like 
He needed someone to go into his panel and re-switch his synapses. Yeah. He needed that so long ago. Oh, now yeah. I now he needs a whole new operating system. Yes, yeah, he way needs too someone late. to come in, take out the old one, mm-hmm. throw the old one away, and put in a shiny new one so that he works better. Because he, boy, oh boy. But let's give him a less creepy exterior too while we're at it. So <sighs> Megan gets a call from the police, and they say come back to Houston. So she flies back to Houston, and then they call her and they say we're outside your place. Come with us. I would say no. I would be so scared. You just had me fly here. What? You would say no? I don't know. I would be like, what is happening? I think you're not giving yourself enough credit. I think you're much braver than you think you are. Also, she's a brave lady. She's incredibly brave. Yeah. So they take her to a junkyard and it's this rundown area. There's cars with bullet holes in them and another car pulls up. This is like the Sopranos or something. Yeah, this is like the Sopranos. Agreed. Never have seen that show, but this is what I imagine the Sopranos is like. Yes. Megan recognizes the man that steps out of the car. It is Valerie's husband, Mac. And he is in total shock because he just found out about this. And Megan's like, I've been dealing with this for a while. So jump on board. I like that she's kind of sassy about it. Where have you been? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've been dealing with all your crap. (laughs) So the police want them to participate in... As Andrea says to the audience, Andrea says to us, the viewer, get this, a fake kid. She says, I love it. I was like, you're talking to us. Get this. A Get this, guys. Get this, guys. We're dishing now, okay? Yeah, this is the dish. We're back to the dishing. I <laughs> yeah. love it. A fake kidnapping murder scene. So they want Megan and Mac to pose as dead and they'll take photos of them. So they set Mac up. They slump him over a steering wheel with his sunglasses all askew and they use pig's blood. It looked real chunky at the back. And I didn't know if that was supposed to be like brain matter or if it was just chunk, chunky blood. Yes. Brain matter, I think. It was yeah. gross. They zip tie Megan's hands and feet and put duct tape over her mouth. And she's crying hysterically because it's so traumatic which I would be crying too. I can't imagine how scary that would be, even though you know it's fake and you're with police. It's so traumatizing. Well, and then I think it just, they said it kind of just like seems to hit her, right? This could be real. This guy that she dated is actually trying to kill her. Mm -hmm. That's, I can't even imagine how scary that would be. Adam goes to see Leon and Valerie and he wears a camera and he tells them that Mac is dead. But all Leon wants to talk about is Megan. He's complaining that Megan grew up lower middle class. And you guys, she doesn't understand his world. Just going to let that sit there for a sec. Flames, flames on the side of my face. Heaving, <laughs> heaving breaths. Heaving. I Seriously? Oh, my God. He's such a douche. Is he looking for pity for that? Yes. She doesn't understand because she came from this other world, like with poor people and stuff. Who's he telling this to? The undercover hitman. The hitman is obviously very affluent and from his world, right? right? Exactly. Of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Idiot. Adam says, well, don't worry. Tomorrow she'll be dead. And Leon says, again, I'd rather not. And Mm. Adam says, well, I can't promise you 100% that I won't kill her. 
And Leon's like, okay. So he gives Adam 1800 in cash. And then they're going to pay the rest of the 10K after, which I thought was 5K. And now it's 10K. Because it's for both, right? But it was supposed to be nine. It was supposed to be nine for that and five for the one. Expenses. Olive Garden. They had to test out the boating theory. And that was expensive. They had to buy a boat. They had to find a harbor in Houston, <laughs> the Houston Harbor. They had to make some long distance calls and things to check. A lot of them. A lot yeah. of calls. And they had to stay 17 nights at the embassy suites. It was, <laughs> it's, a long, it's a long thing. <laughs> so the next day, Adam texts Leon a photo of Megan tied up and tells him he had to kill her because she was being difficult and she was refusing to leave town. And Leon basically wants to know, what did she say about me? What was she saying about me? Like, just just F that guy? Like, tell me what was she She's dead and you're concerned with what she thought about you. And if did she say she thought you were cute? He's such a narcissist. And Adam says, yeah, in so many words, she was like, F you. And so hours later, the police go see Valerie and Leon to inform her that her husband has been killed. And she's on body cam and she's clutching her chest really fake and then sitting down really suddenly. And then Leon is saying, oh, my God, we were here all day. Oh, it's the worst. We it's are so no, bad. No one asked. You have to wait until they ask you where you were. We were here all day just watching a movie with her kid, with the kid, her kid. Yeah. It's like uh, this weird, like, slip of the tongue. Don't volunteer your alibi until they ask you. Just tip. And then the cops... He's smarter than them, Kimberly. Don't forget that. He's smarter than them. He Then the cops flip it, put down, flip it, and reverse it. Reverse. <laughs> and Andrea calls it a head snapper. So they arrest them both. Leon is in his stupid backwards baseball cap and she's in PJs. And so they arrest them. And unfortunately, we don't actually see the part on the tape where they say, also, they're still alive. Megan and Max still fine. Why don't we get to see that? I don't know why. It's so frustrating because in the love affair, whatever, Dahlia DiPolito, uh, that one, we get to see her expression when he walks in the room. And it's like, hi, babe, I'm alive. You didn't kill me. I really wanted to see I it. I really wanted to see it so badly. So Leon's mugshot is terrible. He probably thinks he looks good. And it turns out he has a past. He was kicked out of several residency programs. He was convicted of cyber stalking. And his ex-wife accused him of abuse. So Leon and Valerie both appear in court in orange next to each other. Like... Romeo and Juliet. It's very weird. Valerie gets bail. Her friend and her sister say that Leon was a predator and came after her. And that Leon is gross and a monster. That I can absolutely agree on. He is disgusting. He seems to move very fast. He does. I know because I think the women find out really quickly. It's weird. First, they get their first impression. He's a jerk. Then they flip to a nice impression. And then really quickly, they figure out he's a douche. So that's why he has to move so fast because the life cycle of this cicada is like seven minutes instead of seven years. That's exactly right. Is it seven years? I don't know. No, but that sounded great. <laughs> I don't know. It's something like se something is seven years with insects. You said it very convincingly, and I like that. So let's go with that. So 
Valerie records an audio diary on her iPad, and she basically says when she met Leon, this is so funny, she was totally turned off by his cocky attitude. The exact same thing that happened to Megan. Mm-hmm. It, but then she says he knows he, he's cocky because he knew how beautiful he was. I was like, him? But maybe. I think just because I know about him already, I'm just turned off. Yes, I think so, too, because I think like empirically, if you were looking with different eyes and you didn't know who he was, I think that one would not you specifically. Right. Yes. Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not saying you specifically. It's general. Yeah. So then she realized that was just an act and he's actually a really, really nice person. And she fell in love with him and she hates that everyone thinks she's a monster and she didn't mean to have her husband killed. What do you mean you didn't mean it? I, that's what she says, and that's what her friend says. And I just want to say, you literally suggested a boating accident. So I don't understand, unless there's some confusion and the tape is misleading. You suggested a boating accident. And then the hitman suggested shooting him twice in the head and leaving him there. And you were okay with that plan. Was she okay with that plan? What was her reaction to that? I don't remember. I don't know, but they paid her right after that. So they all left that meeting agreed and they had paid part of the money and they had agreed on a price and everything. So I don't understand. But she could have not been in her right mind. But that doesn't mean you didn't want to have him killed because you said you did. But just because she said it doesn't mean that like she always felt like that. It's It seems there are things here that are weird. But I do think, ultimately, yes, she she put this in motion. The one thing I don't like, and I'm glad no one is, well, they are kind of pulling this, is what I really, really don't like on these shows with the hitman. It will get to it, actually, is when the phrasing is a certain way, then the people's defense is always, I didn't think it was actually going to happen, or I didn't know that's what we were talking about. And... The language with her specifically is very much clear. Or people say, I just thought we were just fantasizing. Why would you just talk and then pay them? You know? Well, because it seems like he was much cleverer. Sorry, more clever. um, With his phrasing. With his phrasing, because he was talking about just scaring her into leaving. Which, by the way, she had already left at this point. They had taken her out of the picture. They had sent her to Pittsburgh. And that's where he wanted her to go. But what I don't understand is she's the only one that seems to be like going straight for murder. I've seen other ones where they say, I just want them beat up. I want them to be in the hospital so long that we'll miss all of the court hearings or something like that. Oh, wow. Can you put them in a coma, but they'll eventually wake up? Like a lot of things like that. How can someone do that? (laughs) I know. I have to time it really perfectly the way you hit them. So... Unfortunately, and this is very sad, especially I feel for her sister, is Valerie jumps off the balcony of her apartment and kills herself. And her friend sees it as murder, yeah, and that, that Leon is the murderer. And Andrea is kind of like, uh, she jumped off the balcony and they're like, well, he murdered her reputation. And then she ended her life because of it. He, in effect, took her life, right? She was going to be going to prison for probably the rest of her natural life. At least she thought If she had no part in it, then yeah, and it was his doing. Her life was over because of him coming into her life. If he had never come into her life. Yes. 
and su- made these suggestions and whatever, I don't mm-hmm. think that she would have hired a hitman without mm-hmm. him. So yes, to the friend, they're going to say, the friend is totally going to say it's his fault. It's his fault. So then we get one of Andrea's best interviews in prison, I feel. Oh my Lord. I, that's, I think the interview is why I thought we had done this episode. I know. It's so vivid, him with his orange pants and... He can't really walk because he's all tied up. His neck hair is all grown out really long and gross. And his hair is all greasy because they don't let you have pros in prison. That is true. We've been here before. You really like to lead into pros with prison. I guarantee you, if it's allowed, the guards steal it for themselves. I just don't know. And I still don't have the correct answer. Or I'm going to make a few it. calls. Let's make a few calls. But if they do, I wouldn't be surprised because it's, that easy to order a pro's hair system. So you guys have all heard me talk about pros. It's the world's most personalized hair care. So I wanted to share some more updates. Yay! Since I am still continuing to use the custom system, I currently use the shampoo, the conditioner, the hair oil, and about once a week, I use the pre-shampoo treatment. It's not like a thick conditioner, but whatever is in it, it makes it so that when you're washing your hair, it feels smooth like a baby. And then it's really conditioned afterwards, which is weird because you would never think something before you shampoo would do that. But it's a it's an unbelievable product from Pros. But Pros also has some new products. They have a curl cream, Kimberly. Um, hello, me and Leon. We both have curls for days. I feel like Leon could somehow finagle getting Pros in prison. So I say no Pros in prison because we don't want him to have that. No, it's too good for him. If you're innocent in prison, I want you to have hair care. I'm going to decide who in prison gets. I'll study the cases. If you're wrongfully accused, you can have pros. A Kimberly's list. Uh, yes. <laughs> Got it. And then they also have a leave-in conditioner, which I love leave-in conditioners because I don't like cold showers. It's hot outside right now, which means that I don't want to sit in hot water and then get out when it's hot. So I want to like wash my hair really fast and get out. So leave-in conditioner is the best. And if I was ever going to trust a new leave-in conditioner, it would definitely be from Pros. So Pros knows there is so much more to you than just your hair type. They have given over 1 million consultations with the in-depth hair quiz. Their algorithm has over 50 billion formula combinations. Oh my gosh. I know. So you know that you're going to get a unique blend of ingredients that is made exactly to treat your hair woes or wows. That's not part of their slogan. I just said that. Oh, that was good. Go from woe to wow. feel like I'm taking that from someone. Apologies. It might be from Drag Race. Sorry (laughs) about that. But Pros also has a review and refine feature, so it lets me tweak my formulas for any reasons, like if I move and the weather where I am is different, if I suddenly move to a place that's crazy humid, or maybe I move to London where it's beautiful and foggy and I need to control some frizz, or I change my hair color, etc. You can tweak it, and I can also tweak it to include leave-in conditioner, which I can't wait to try. Also, if you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've ever had. They'll take the products back with no questions asked. Oh, I love that. I know. It's the best. Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. 15. So go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. 
Because what? Strike a prose. Prose, 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 prose. Let's get prosy with it. I don't know what that means. It's not a poem. It's prose. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) Thank you, prose. We'll do better. Thank you so much, prose. I feel like strike a prose is strong. I feel like strike a prose is very strong. Yeah, you came up with that, and I I don't want to think it should be changed. Thank you. Andrea sits down with Leon, who doesn't have prose and is embarrassed because you know he takes a lot of pride in his locks. Don't you just feel like he runs his hair through them constantly and checks out girls on the side and like, look at my hair. I think his hair care products are very expensive. I'm going to say that. I'm also going to say, how did he get his fancy Thomas Pink shirts in prison? Because you know those button downs that he's wearing are like $100 a pop. I feel like a a producer gave it to him or something. Or his lawyer brought it for him to put on. They don't always get to change clothes. No, just sometimes. Because Dateline will sometimes put them in a shirt over their prison garb so that we can't tell that they're in prison to trick us. Mank told us that. So why is he in his fancy shirt? I think just his lawyer wants him to look better, doesn't know that Dateline is going to pan out really wide. So we see him in shackles and see him uncomfortably walking through over the camera equipment and stuff. Was that? Shade. Absolutely. It was. It was. Yes. I think so too. So Andrea is saying to Leon, you know, you had such an upbringing. You went to the best boarding school, fancy vacations. Basically, look at you now. (laughs) What happened? And Andrea says, you know, when Megan first met you, she thought you were obnoxious. And he says, well, I was just being myself. (laughs) Okay, that doesn't help you, buddy. Yeah, he says he never mentally or verbally or physically abused Megan, they were happy. So this ending the relationship kind of came out of nowhere. And her recollections of their fights are different than his. And he just keeps saying that. There's this kind of seething anger underneath when he talks that's... Oh, yeah. It's palpable. Yeah. Yeah, you can feel it. And you can tell he doesn't like being questioned by Andrea, especially getting asked the same question more than once. He does not like it. No, ma'am. So he does admit that he followed her around, but he acts like it was nothing. And Andrea is saying, no, she was scared for her life. She was terrified. And he's like, well, my recollection of that is different than hers. He never hired the hitman to kill her. He just wanted her to go back to Pittsburgh. I never thought he was a hitman. I, I never asked him to hurt or kill anybody. What were you paying him for? To convince her to move states? You paid that much money to have someone convince someone to move? Okay, and Andrea's like, none of it makes sense. And she says, but you said the thing about injecting her with potassium chloride and how it's untraceable. And he gets mad and he says, I'll talk about that on the witness stand. I won't talk about it now. Because you haven't figured out what you're going to say yet. Exactly. We can't wait. We're waiting with bated breath to hear what you have to say. So he says he only met Mac once. He had no ill feelings towards him. But then pretty quickly he says, well, Mac was abusing Valerie and I was very upset about that. I was protecting her. So which was it? He had nothing to do with Mac's death. He throws Valerie under the bus who can't defend herself. He says she did it. She absolutely did. Because on the tape, it is pretty undeniable that that's what she was saying. She had reached a breaking point in her relationship with Mac. And then he says, and I don't condone what she had done because as a doctor, taking someone's life is not okay with me. 
It's like, oh my God. Because how does he see himself? Hey, your Hippocratic oath won't let you yeah, hire a hitman. But and so you don't condone it when your girlfriend does it, even though you're in the same restaurant at the same lunch and paying for it out of pocket. Okay. But you don't condone it. He says he sees himself as a public servant. Yes, he says he wanted to become a doctor as to be a public servant. He's so noble, Katie. Didn't you know? How long did it take him to come up with that? Well, I thought he was going to say to help people. Why did you become a doctor? To help people. That's what I thought was But he said it almost more eloquently. Like, well, I just see doctors as a kind of the ultimate public servant. It's exactly what you were saying about like the vernacular that he's using the whole time. But you know, he said that speech every time he's had to face a medical board because he's about to be disbarred. Every time he's about to defend, every time he has said that thing. I'm a public servant. Uh Uh-huh. So Andrea says, were you the mastermind of this plan? And he says, well, there was no plan. And Andrea is so done at this point. She rolls her eyes and she says, well, was Valerie the mastermind? And he says, no, I wouldn't call it a mastermind, but she did go do it. And I don't agree with it. But Andrea rolling her eyes was so epic because she can't even control herself. She really can't. I think she doesn't even know that she did it because she's just so done with him. So Leon goes to trial. We see our favorite bail bondsman with a red tie on and a red face with his shockingly white hair and beard. And he says that talking to Leon was like talking to the devil himself. Then Taz testifies, Taz slash Zach, and says that he knew it was so clear that Leon was asking for a hit job and that Leon paid him $2,500 up front. $2,500 up front for a total of 9000 plus watches. But then it's five for the next one, but then they paid 1800 of that and we're going to pay the rest of the 10000 I don't still don't get where that 10000 is coming from. I don't either. Retainer? A finder's fee for Zach because he found Adam? I don't know. It must have been the waitress's tip at the Olive Garden. Zach said he was going to pay us 9000 plus some watches. Mm-hmm. Then he was going to pay 5000 more mm-hmm. for the other. So that equals $14,000. Yes. He paid eighteen hundred mm-hmm. up front, mm-hmm. so a little less than two thousand. Mm-hmm. So he still owed around twelve thousand dollars. Right, but Adam says they paid me eighteen hundred, and they were going to pay me the rest of the ten grand, meaning ten grand was the total when it was done. Well, that's just weird as crap, isn't it? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, right? Can math call us? So we're terrible at math. I guess. He's rounding up, somebody's rounding down, carry the three, and you and I can't figure it out. I think you might be right about expenses, though. There might have been some tacked on expenses that are not being considered. How many Olive Garden meals mm-hmm. did they then were like, we're going to eat at Olive Garden every day until this happens? Because I zone. would. Yeah. If I was a hitman and on someone else's dime, and I'm sure they asked the cops. You got you to gotta carbo load when you're about to cause a hit. Is it okay if I spend some of this money knowing full well we're not actually going to do the hit? And I bet you the undercover cop said, absolutely, go for it. Oh, yeah. Go buy yourself some clothes. That'd be great. That would be great. I don't know if they would do that, though. I would if I was a cop. I'd be like, yes. Yeah, but then you have to go report those receipts to your boss. Maybe your boss is cool. Why? (laughs) But your boss is not cool at the police department. I don't think he's cool. Yeah, probably He's a stickler because there's an auditor that's coming in. He's going to go, why did they spend $700 at the Olive Garden in one week? And what are all of these charges to the Bath and Body Works? 
Who's got a daughter? <laughs> so Mac testifies that the reason he didn't want Valerie to see their daughter was because she was dating Leon. And he's a now arrested stalker slash abuser. So he doesn't want him around the daughter. So that makes perfect sense. And it's still all stems back to Leon. Like, yes. So maybe she was being manipulated and being brainwashed that she was willing to sacrifice her relationship with her daughter or kill someone rather than just break up with Leon and get to stay with her daughter. That's why I think so. Because that all is very like irrational and obsessy. She was maybe all obsessy like Valerie loves Leon starting an email address. Right. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But then I'm saying then it is like two oil and water, like two people that should never be together come together in a really toxic way. Yeah, then it is. You're right. But she wasn't necessarily murderous before that. No, remember, we've come up that this again. Like if you weren't murderous before and then you meet someone and you turn murderous, then were you always kind of murderous? If the tree falls in the murder, mm -hmm. does it make a sound when the knife hits it? I mean, I don't know. I usually think yes, but not in severe situations. What's a severe situation? Like a kidnapping of like 15 years or like Patty Hearst. I don't know what happened there. Oh, you mean like Elizabeth Smart where the guy had a wife? No, the wife. I blame the wife in that case. Okay. But if Elizabeth Smart committed a murder because he made her do it, I wouldn't blame Elizabeth Smart. Right. That makes sense. Well, that's the case we just had where the daughter knew that a murder was going to happen, but she was also young, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And I absolutely did not blame her. Of course not. But if you are like a functioning adult that is right. acting under your own free will, but you got this idea from someone, I think that idea was kind of always in you. You do. Okay. I, I don't think so in this case. And the reason I think I don't think so is because, unfortunately, she commits suicide. Uh, there was something tormented here. There was an obsession and then a realization of it that was too much, too big. But what she says in her letter is, I can't stand that other people think I'm a monster. Like it's about what other people think about her, which is kind of like Leon. But that was probably one part of a big letter. I don't know. Yeah, this is tricky. Okay, sorry, press on. Megan takes the stand and she looks fabulous. Maybe in beta brand. This is like revenge outfit, revenge body, revenge hair. Beta brand, pros. Yeah, she's mm -hmm, done that. Totally pros. She walked into that courtroom like, I know I look good, Leon. And she didn't need to because she's right. You know what I'm saying? She has like the glory of and of like being brave, of doing something that not everyone would have done. She's so brave. She talked about how terrified she was of him and all the things that he had done. And she stood her ground. And I thought it was really awesome. Good for her. I wish we could have seen more of her testimony. So Leon's defense attorney says that Leon, he didn't want to kill anybody. He's just all talk. He's braggadocious. He said braggadocious. He said braggadocious. I was like, you're a little braggadocious, dude. That the name of the episode maybe should have been braggadocious. Bragged. What if his name was Brad, though? And then it'd be braggadocious. Braggadocious. And doesn't he look kind of like a Brad? He could totally be a Brad. Is his first name Bradley? Maybe. Or his middle name, Bradley. Okay. Yeah. Leon Bradley. I can see that. I can mm -hmm. see that. So Leon wants to testify. Is anyone shocked that this narcissist wants to take the stand? Every time 
it's someone with a narcissistic personality. They think they are so smart and charming that they will convince the jury. So he says repeatedly on the tapes that he didn't want Megan hurt, which is kind of true. But he also said the injection thing. And you hired this gentleman. Like, again, what are you hiring this gentleman for? So what was it all for? So then we hear a part of the tape that we didn't hear before, which a woman is reading the transcript of the tape. Leon is telling the hitman to snatch Megan, put her in a room, and tell her if she doesn't leave town, we're going to kill her parents. So what's that about? And so she's like, did you say that? And he says, I mean, if it says that I said that, did you say that? And she says, sure. But then why didn't you just go with that instead of like trying to actually have her killed? Why didn't you just stick with that? Well, he did tell the hitman even the day before, I would prefer to have it not be violent. And the hitman said, I just can't make any promises. And so it's the hitman that said, I had to kill her because she refused to leave town. She said, F you, dude, I'm not leaving town. This is a very difficult case because how are they then prosecuting for attempted murder, not just prosecuting for endangerment or something like that? Well, he knew that the hitman couldn't promise that he wouldn't have to kill her and Leon paid him anyways. So he knew that that was the possible outcome that she might die. And even if there's a 1% chance that you know that you're putting someone's life in danger. So, and he paid the person to do it. The only reason I'm bringing this up is because that's how much the jury hated him is that they didn't take that into consideration in the slightest because of him. Does that make sense? I wouldn't too. But even if I liked the person, I just think even if there's a chance that you know this hitman might kill them, you're soliciting to have something done to them. It could be threatening verbal harm and it could be threatening her parents' harm or it could be worst case scenario. Kimberly, if you do this, if you sign this money, there's a chance that I might have to kill Katie. And I say yes and I sign the paperwork and I give them the money anyways. Even though I know it was only a chance that they might have to kill you, I still agreed to that. I don't know why I picked you in that scenario. But no, no, no. But I understand. But I still feel like that's different than hiring a hitman to for sure kill someone. You're hiring a hitman without knowing the, the outcome. Right. That feels like something different. That feels like a different charge. But they went after the big charge. And I'm saying they knew they could get it mm-hmm. because he is so deplorable. Right. Like, he is disgusting. But I think you have that plus his sentence that he spoke about the injection. Right. Which kind of counteracts all the other stuff he said. That, to me, as a juror, would have been enough. And he paid for Mac to be killed, too, or he was party to that whole thing, too. That's true. I'm sorry. I'm just talking about Megan. Yes. Yeah, you're right. So I think they did feel like it was risky because his language was so clever on purpose, like he knew he was being taped or just he's a chicken poop. He's a coward and he just was like scared to actually say it. I don't know. Mm. Or he's careful and he's on purpose. So he is being a jerk on the stand and he would like the attorneys to rephrase things. And He's acting like he's smarter than them and he's interrupting them. And Andrea says to the attorneys, God bless Andrea. She's laughing and she says, did you just want to smack him? It's like Andrea is always the voice of the viewer at home. She always says what we are all feeling. And the attorney laughs and says yes. And then they all share a big laugh and it's adorable. Well, and also because Andrea had just interviewed him and I'm sure 
that meant Andrea wanted to smack him, right? Yeah. Absolutely, she did. Mm-hmm. So the jury only needs an hour and 15 minutes, and they find him guilty of all charges. So I guess you're not so charming after all, dude. But he's walking out of the courtroom with his coffee, like, so casually, like he's going to an afternoon meeting or something. It's so douchey. In the penalty phase, the prosecutors call his ex-wife, Annie, who is beautiful. And she says he held her in bed with a knife to her throat and was so abusive. And the jury gets to help decide on his punishment. And so they hear this and they sentence him to life in prison. And Megan takes the stand to address him after the sentencing. It's so good. And again, so brave because she's like standing and facing him. She's talking right to him. And she says, I hope as you sit in jail, you remember me. The girl that you called poor and uneducated, it's because of me that you'll be imprisoned for life. And I was like, drop the mic, Megan. You that crushed must have it. That felt so unbelievably good. So good. She nailed it. I'm so happy for her. Because he really did cut at her. And I bet he said all of that stuff to her, like how uneducated she was and poor. We heard him say it to the hitman. She's just from a a lower middle-class family. She's not from my world. She doesn't understand it. Like, it's such a low blow. It's so... It's such a low... It's, it's disgusting. It's gross and it's, that that's probably where his insults went when they were fighting and... Absolutely. And it's like an unspoken prejudice, too. It's really mm-hmm. gross. Yeah. It's, it's the worst that you would expect of, like, a really rich doctor. That's how a cartoon evil doctor would talk. So... Megan wants to help other women get out of these situations, and she's just awesome. She's a shiro. Yes, she is. This episode is dedicated to Kathy, who I've known a very long time, like 15 years. She has been a Patreon for a long time. We set out to walk across the country like Forrest Gump, but it wasn't going to be for charity. We were going to stop at all of the Starbucks along the way. And write them to, like on a sticker board, you know, and mark off each one. But there are just so many Starbucks that I gave up really quickly. I never got out of California. I just decided to stay in L.A. She walked pretty far, though. I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. Is this a fake thing or a real thing? No, this is a fake thing. Who's walking across the country to visit all the Starbucks? Kimberly. Thought for a second you might have. I could. I might. I didn't know you did yoga until like two weeks ago. So (laughs) yeah, you might have tried to do that. That's what I'm going to do in van life. You've just given me my idea for my van life road trip. Starbucks to Starbucks to Starbucks. Are you doing van life? Is that happening now? We'll discuss later. Yeah, we'll have, we'll. We won't, but someday you'll tell me. You'll write me a note when you've gotten a van for, you've had it for six months. Say, hey, Katie, I got a van. (laughs) Six months ago. Okay, cool. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you. We so appreciate it. Yes, we do. And I hope to see you soon when this is all over and people can see each other again. That'll be fun, won't it? I remember that. Do you yeah. remember people? Kind of. Sometimes. It depends. Sometimes people are nice. Yeah. yeah. But then sometimes people aren't nice. And then I'm like, oh, I have to go back That's inside. why I stayed inside in the beginning before this all started. But then it starts and you're like kind of get nostalgic for people. But the second this ends, I'm going to step outside realize what people are like and do one of those high tails and turn back and there'll be like dust clouds forming at my feet like a cartoon character and I'll run back inside my house. It'll come in and be like, nope, nope. Nope, (laughs) hard pass. I was right the first time. 
I tried. No, never mind. This has been a, this has been a huge mistake. Yeah. So did you have any B-roll? Yeah. We get right off the bat, we get water. I lo- wrote sitting by water in the first minute on screen. Right and away. Waterfall. Yeah. Not, not like a real one, you know, like a statue. Water. But sit. a fountain. Fountain. Water fountain. Yeah. And then we also get her in a car within the first minute. The first two shots of B-roll we get are her by the fountain and then her in the front she seat She did of a car. lot of B-roll. How many days was, did she have to spend doing that? I don't know. I bet she just felt so good because he's in prison and she just feels so, I'll do whatever you guys want. I have, she just like had the weight lifted off of her shoulders. But I think it's more than that. She seems like an activist. She seems like somebody who really wants to get to like help people who are in abusive situations. And mm-hmm. I'm, so she's got like something in her telling her to do this, which mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. boy, that's double brave. Mm-hmm. Did you have any B-roll? They had some 8 by 10 photos that were not placed on a picnic table bench, but they were photoshopped onto a picnic bench wooden background of sorts. I miss that. So they're not even like placing them anymore. They're just photoshopping them as if they're placed haphazardly. I like it. I'm fine with it. And then there was a photo of Valerie with a dog with a wig on it. So that was kind of funny. Also kind of sad because Megan had to wear a wig. But the dog was really cute. Also, what happened to the dog? Dateline. Please tell me Megan got her dog back. She did. She must have. Please. Please don't worry about that. I'm sure she did. Brands unhappy being on Dateline and are now associated with murder. Olive Garden. But maybe not Olive Garden. Like maybe it might make people hungry for and you go, actually, it seems like a reasonably priced place that's pleasant enough to plan a double murder. It made me want to go. I wanted to go to Olive Garden and I was like, I wish Kimberly and I could go to Olive Garden again. And then we can't. No. Go to Olive Garden. I would love some breadsticks right now. But you wouldn't because they're not that good. We've discussed this. They were not that good when we went. We were disappointed. I'd like to think it was just because it was lunchtime and it was a bad batch. No, I have never had good breadsticks. They used to be so good when I was a kid. In college, we went to Olive Garden. Were they good then? Yes, they were good then and they were good when I was a kid. I can taste the way they used to taste right now. My family used to go there all the time. But do you like CNOs? I don't know Those that. garlic knots? Oh, they're okay. That's my breadstick. I'm not saying these Olive Garden breadsticks are as good as Smokehouse, that garlic bread, that they have a secret sauce that they put on top, which What's is actually smokehouse? just Smokehouse in Burbank, the old-fashioned old Hollywood place. They have a garlic bread? You've never told me about this. I've brought it to parties because you can get it to go and then bake it in your oven. A party that I've been at? Yeah. And you needed to be clearer and pointed out to me because that sounds amazing. They put on it. It's like orange and it's so cheesy. And I ask people what their secret is. And people think that they put the powdered Kraft mac and cheese on it. Powdered cheese on it. Mm -hmm. It's heavenly. I'm not saying the Olive Garden breadsticks are that good. I'm just saying they're good. Here's the deal. I have a garlic spread here at the house right now and I'm going to get a French loaf. And I have a bazillion boxes of Kraft mac and cheese. You want me to try it? Sure, try it. I I'm can't gonna try it. because I'm off gluten and cheese and garlic. Off right now? You can't have those right now? I can't have any of those things right now. Wheat, oh, garlic, it. gluten, cheese. I will send you a case of Dasani water. I don't even... Thanks. 
jelly beans? Can you have refined sugar? Yeah. Thank God. Great. Also, brands being unhappy being on Dateline. I said J. Crew, but like I meant it. J. Crew, Lacoste. There's like five or six brands that are upset. Tommy Bahama, probably. Yeah. Anything where there's an insignia on a polo. With especially the iconic look is from outside of the Olive Garden, and he's smoking a cigarette, and he's wearing this pink button-down top with these huge collars. What I tell you that's called, I said it like a year, two years ago when we first started this podcast, the white collared with the colored shirt or the striped shirt is called the what? I have no idea. You think I listen to you? Yeah, probably not. It's called the corporate a-hole shirt. Oh. Because that's who wears it. The collars were so big and folded up on his arms because he's trying to go cash. I just felt like the wings were so big. Oh, that I don't know. He's just being sloppy. Also, the um, belly button button was open so you could see his stomach. Yeah, that he, that was lazy and sloppy mm-hmm. with a very fancy shirt. Mm-hmm. And his hair is so moosed back, straight back, almost like Doc Brown from Back to the Future, but like back instead of up. Would it have been better if he had a ponytail? No. You just don't like long hair. See, I don't mind long hair on a guy. I don't mind a man bun. Which is very weird because most people would definitely mind a man bun, but not really mind long hair. You're the opposite. I'm an enigma. Interesting. Yes, you are. And I don't really like facial hair, but I do like a man bun. It's weird. But I don't think the way that he dressed, I was annoyed by it because I think he knows he dresses well. Yeah. And I think he has expensive clothes and that all annoys the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Just he's the worst. So having to do with the way he dresses, which is probably something he got from his mom. His mom was his co-counsel. Are you serious? That's hilarious. So you knew his parents had fancy jobs and multiple homes. You just like knew it. I could feel it in my in the bones of my buddy for sure. Unreal. Mom's a big high powered attorney. Yeah. And I was also like the whole time I was kind of thinking now keep in mind, he reminded me of someone that we know like this whole sort of you're not part of my life situation, West Egg versus East Egg situation reminds me of a life situation. Mm-hmm. And so I am sure he is a mama's boy, like 100 mm-hmm. percent sure. And she doesn't see anything wrong that he's done. She decided to defend him. Yeah. Like on his team, defend him. And then he didn't have to pay, you know, because mommy did it. Anyways, I found out a little bit about why he was kicked out of his residency. So this was pretty shocking to me. Basically, his mental capacity was considered so dangerous that he was thrown out and it was written down that he was an immediate threat to patient safety. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. It's in this ABC News thing that you can watch. It's like 20 minutes long and find out exactly what it is. Anyways, one of the hospital administrators that came out against him in his like hearing or whatever to be removed, he was arrested breaking and entering into their house. Not, I was just going to guess that. Not even. Yeah. We said he probably had someone to blame for each one of those things. He's really, oh, and also the wife noted in their divorce, they noted extreme mental cruelty. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. Valerie's veterinary hospital where she had the pharmacy was actually in her house. What? Really? So it was, it was really cute the way it was shot. Again, looks like it's in New Hampshire or Connecticut. It's like this little cute house that's big and you like. Like a neighborhood family doctor, like a very small town vet, like total Schitt's Creek. That's adorable. 
Yeah, I thought that was really cute. But something that's not cute is there was some juicy stuff about Valerie's mom, (laughs) who apparently herself had been arrested a few years before because she was tampering with government documents. Mm. It was someplace that she worked. She was tampering with the mental evaluation documents so that people could work there even if they hadn't passed the psych evaluation. At whatever job she was working at? Yeah. That's bizarre. That's crazy, right? Why I don't are think you I... doing that? Don't know. Or maybe you started for one person, like your boyfriend, and then you just kept doing it. Maybe it's cheaper or something. Maybe you can pay them less because they're desperate to get a job. May- well, that's not ethical at all. It's really, she got arrested. That's crazy. I know. So yeah, that was my juicy tidbit. The one thing I will say about Valerie is you know how I feel about animals and I have deep respect for people who care for animals for a living. So that's like a good check mark on my side for her, that she was a good person. I think she was a good person. I think she did a really bad thing. And I think she hooked up with a guy that was bad and maybe his damage, her damage come together. Explosion. Murder explosion. Some might say the same about this podcast. Why is that? Because <laughs> we're on fire. Alternative theory, wouldn't it be so cute if Megan and Mac got together? I wrote Megan and Mac right here. Megan plus Mac equals heart forever. Because how often do you meet someone when you have that much in common with them? Like you have both had a hit taken out on you by your ex. Because that story that she told about him getting out of the car sounded like a movie where it's like, where have you been? And then they fall in love. Totally. And it's the best where did you guys meet story ever for dinner parties. You get invited to every dinner party because they'd be like, tell him this is the couple I was telling you about. Tell him how you guys met. And it sounds like and Megan and Max sound really cute mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, the whole thing is cute. Mm-hmm. And he was surprisingly handsome. Because we don't see he was him cute. Mm-hmm. right away. But then we see him and he's super silver foxy. Yep, super silver foxy. We don't know anything about him, though. No, we don't. We're just assuming he's a good person. Yeah. I got a good vibe from him on the stand, especially because he said my worst fear would be they got away with it and killed me. And then our daughter would have lost both parents. True. That was very sweet. And I thought yeah, that was... he was very upset. Oh, and he was crying and you weren't mad at him. No, not mad. Like, yeah, see, that's, that's good. That's it's a always good a good sign. sign. Mm-hmm. That means he's a good guy. All right. We don't have any Twitter. No, titles, though. Oh, yeah. I don't have the best titles. Man, I've been not very creative lately. It's hot. They're never going to be good when they're hot. But did yeah. you get a good one this time? I had a bomb title for my cheat date with Kim. Are you rubbing it in? Did you guys do alternative titles? No, it just happened as we were talking about the episode that I oh, came nice. up with something really good. Right. But now I can't remember what it is. But it was really good. And I hope everyone enjoyed the cheat date. Yeah, I hope you did. It was fun. I'll do mine first because mine are terrible. I had the public serpent and then I had... <laughs> He's like a Ma- basilisk. I know. I had Megan makes up a murder. I don't know. I just thought that was good alliteration. But she didn't make it up. She did. She, she did. pretended. She pretended. You're right. We could also do the hypocrite oath of the public serpent. There's the big title. I love that. It's terrible. The hypocrite oath. Because mm-hmm. when I said Hippocratic oath. Yeah, I did hypocrite. I was like, oh, the hypocrite oath. And I wrote down, first, do all the harm. <laughs> That's great. And then I wrote, what happened to the dog? And then I wrote, <laughs> miss man instead of hit man. 
Oh, yeah. So was, they missed. More like Miss Man. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weak, it's so weak. If I was on a playground, I, I would get beat up pants for that. Unlimited breadsticks and salad bowls with an entree of Parmigiano murdero. Oh, very clever. I like it's it. It's not clever. I tried to think of something they would eat there. How about marinara? Marinara Ma- al murder? Yeah. A la murder? Murder nera. Murder nera. Pene al murder nera or something. That's perfect. I love it. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And please check out our Patreon. It helps us do these episodes every week for free for everyone. So check them out. Absolutely. And if you guys want to look at a charity to donate to this week, a little bit to do with this episode, we recommend you check out the Jed Foundation. They are promoting emotional health and preventing suicide for teens and young adults. Oh, I love that. Yeah. JED is a nonprofit that exists to protect emotional health and prevent suicide for nation's teens and young adults. They're partnering with high schools and colleges to strengthen their mental health, deal with substance abuse, and suicide prevention programs and systems. They're equipping teens and young adults with the skills and knowledge to help themselves and each other. And they encourage community awareness, understanding, and action for young adult mental health. I love that. That's amazing. So check them out, guys. The Jed Foundation. They're a really highly rated organization. And so you know that your money's going to a good cause and it'll be used wisely. How awesome. We might start mentioning some of our favorite charities that we've been checking out. And so we thought we might as well share those with you. Well, I think there's a lot of places right now that could use some help. And this world is much bigger than if you can help, help. Yeah. And every little bit helps. Even a little bit. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. And do watch alone. Still watch alone, darn it. Still wear a mask. Definitely wear a mask. You know that Leon would have one of those designer masks with like Versace symbol on it or something. Do they have those? I haven't really seen any designer masks out in the world. They must though, right? They do because I see them for sale online, but I'm like, who's wearing them? Yeah, no one's wearing them. But they are for sale. Are they better donate some of those proceeds? I'm hoping so. Is there ones with the CC, the Coco Chanel that you like? Is Are those on there? I'm not going to say that I have a stencil of that, <laughs> that I have been spray painting with fabric paint my own. Yeah. <laughs> but even I am not that pretentious because that's really pretentious. I, I know. That's I... Leon level. We are not Leon level. I would be so irritated if during the pandemic someone walked up to me with like a dis like a louis vuitton like the lv yeah i know they're out there yeah that's like supreme or mm-hmm. something it's the andrea level eye roll yes is what mm-hmm. you have to do where your eyes like mm-hmm. make it gives you a headache mm-hmm. yeah it's fine if you guys do that but please don't do that <laughs> please don't do that just like those email addresses that we talked about don't yeah. do those either there's been two strong suggestions in this episode that just be a good person. Don't do either of those things. (laughs) That's it. And wear your mask. Bye, everyone.